It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, it's Tuesday, and I know what that means. My man Shay Shay's in the house. I don't know why the hell he's looking all mean with the mug. You in L.A. with the sunshine, chilling, having a good time, just rubbing it in. Don't try to act like you upset about something. You living a good life. Sergeant Friday looking like a damn candidate for office right now with the tie. Yeah. I see you. I see what's going on here. I don't know what the hell Molly has on this day. Wait till you see it, America. Wait until you say, excuse me, it's a cold open. Wait, you'll get your chance to respond. Wow. See what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to do a cold open, wow. and she already interrupted me. Can we just First start the show? In the house. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just go. I mean, that's what we got to do, right? Let's go. Good day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. Jeff Saturday to my left, the Hall of Famer, Shannon Sharp. And Stephen A. Smith. What up, what up, what up, what up? I'm Molly. Yeah, what Hi, up? ladies and gentlemen. Saturday's definitely ready for public office. I'm ready to rock. I think hey. he looks nice. It's just because you, you don't usually wear a tie. Yeah, not, not much of a tie. You, so they're all thrown Saturday. off. Move your tie. Jeff Saturday. And I don't know what your, your, your whole touch, issue touch, is with yeah, my outfit. And, and, and all the words on it. All the words on it. Hold on a second here. Hold on a second. I don't report the news. Lock me up. Lock you up right there. Lock me up. Just right here, right there. Like this. You got me tightened. Right in the middle. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. General Hospital, I'm ready. Let's get it right. I'm ready. Let's get it right. The Let's baby right. blues, they're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. You know who wasn't ready? The Eagles. Ooh. Let's get into it. Monday Night Football. We had a battle of the birds in the NFC, and the Hawks are flying higher last night without their starting quarterback. The Eagles, 10 and 4, dropped their third straight game after two fourth quarter interceptions mm. by Jalen Hurts and a game winning touchdown pass um, from Drew Locke with 28 seconds left in the game. Jalen, what's on your mind? Getting that you cute. Um, I don't think we're we're all we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. And just continue to see it through. Okay, Shannon, I'll start with you. What did last night's loss reveal to you about the Philadelphia Eagles? Nothing. I've been telling you this, they're being inconsistent all year. They're, they don't run the football like they ran it last year. They don't play deep. Jalen Hurts has double the amount of turnovers this year with three games left than he had all 17 games last year. So he's turning it over at a higher rate. They don't take the ball away like they did last year. So guess what? When you give it away and you don't take it away, you're setting yourself up for failure. Guess what else? They're 29th in pass defense. Guess what they were last year, Saturday, Stephen A., number one. Yep. Now, I got a question with the call last night in that situation. You have one simple rule. When a team needs a touchdown to beat you, nothing cheap, nothing deep. Why are you in that coverage? And Bradbury the fourth, you had just got beat over the top by DK. And you mean to tell me you let another guy get behind you? Now, I can fault the defensive coordinator for putting him in that single high safety look. But, no. And then you can talk about you question the commitment. Who commitment are you questioning? 
things that I never heard when you was winning and you were skating by. You see, you were accepting things and wins that you never would in a loss. Now all of a sudden these things that you were accepting when you was winning and now you didn't get corrected when you were winning because you were winning and you glossed over them. So I'm trying to figure out Saturday and Stephen A. Whose commitment is he questioning? Who's, is it the coaches? Is it his? Is it theirs? What's going on? These issues that we see from the Eagles last night and for the last game, the, uh, uh, they've lost, I think, like three in a row. Saturday, we've been saying this. Man, there's something going on with the Eagles. And I understand Jalen Hurst's ability to run the football, something is still going on with that knee. But when you look at the totality of this Eagles team, there are a vastly different team this year than what they were last year. Their inability to consistently run the football has changed them as a football team. And so I have I didn't learn anything that I didn't already know. Jalen Hurts, far too many turnovers. I still don't know why he took that chance late in the ball game. They had two timeouts in 12 seconds. The middle of the field is in place Saturday. I'm, yep. I'm not confu I'm confused with that, but I didn't learn anything I didn't already know about the Eagles. Well, what I learned is that they can't beat the 49ers, that the 49ers are But <laughs> That's what I learned. I mean, you know, you're holding out hope, even though you've seen what you've seen from the Eagles throughout the season, the level of inconsistency, Shannon, that you highlighted. What I'm seeing is a team that we, look, we can definitively look at and say there's no way in hell this team, as constructed, the way that they're playing, would ever beat the 49ers or would even beat the Cowboys on the road, maybe in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field, but certainly not on the road. When we're looking at the Philadelphia Eagles right now, let's go. Let's go to Jalen Hurts specifically. 17 turnovers on the season, 12 interceptions, five fumbles lost. Tied for first atop the National Football League. That's number one. Completed a season-low 55% of his passes for a season-low 143 yards last night. This is Hurts in the fourth quarter this season. 57% completions, six touchdowns, four interceptions. Mm. That ain't going to cut it. And yep. so when you look at it from that perspective, clearly, we, whether it's Quez Watkins, whether it's uh, A.J. Brown, and, and Watkins, that interception that Jalen Hurts threw in the, end zone, in the end zone, all right, that's a first and ten situation. I don't think he should have thrown that football. But in the end, you know what, you Watkins, you could fight for it just a little bit there. He didn't do that. So we got to paint that. We got to point that out a little bit as well. But whether it's him, it's A.J. Brown, it's Devontae Smith, whoever's running the football for you. The Eagles, from a talent perspective, look like they have the personnel in place. So it just boggles my mind as to why they find themselves in this situation looking so ultra inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really, really this, this all comes down to. They don't seem to be on the same page with one another at all. And nobody has really brought this up, Shannon and Jeff, but I will. How about the fact that both of their coordinators are gone? For sure. In Indy and obviously Arizona, respectively. Yeah. When you look at the fact that those guys are gone, Matt Patricia calling the defense pretty much for the first time last night, that might explain him being solo in a high safety position, like you pointed out, Shannon. But in the end, what it comes down to is this. The personnel that you had in place to lead the players isn't there. It's changed. And you got Sirianni having a struggle. You know, he's struggling and having a tough time because we see a lack of continuity and consistency with this team. That This ain't going to cut it. I don't like what I'm seeing from the Philadelphia Eagles at all. Forget about them beating the 49ers. That's a given. I don't think they'd beat the Cowboys. Yeah. It, this was a disappointing for me. And, and, and both of you bring up some great points. Shane Steichen being in Indianapolis had, has had a massive impact on this Eagles offense. And I'll just be honest with you, like when, when Shannon, you were talking about the fourth quarter, and Stephen, you were talking about the fourth quarter results and what they're doing. That's because last year they had to lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it, when you look at explosive plays and explosive plays given up, they were leading the league or one of the top in the league. Now they're at the bottom 
of the league. You see teams like San Francisco at the top. And so when you're talking about teams like this, where the Eagles, the margin for victory is so small, and, and Jalen Hurts being asked to do more later in games has shown to be a problem, right? And, and you, you brought it up with the interceptions versus the touchdowns, the big plays, the decisions he made last night to throw that. And I'm with you on that, Shannon. Like, at the end of the game, middle of the field's got to be open. And, by the way, that's where it's going to be open. And, and to your yeah. point, like, get the play, move the ball down, kick a field goal. You made a, what was it, 60-yarder a couple weeks 61 before? 61 and a 59. Yeah, 60, yeah, yeah, 61 and I mean, so you, you made some monsters a couple weeks ago. Trust your team to go in. You don't have to have it all back in that play. And I will say the thing about Bradbury, two of the plays on the final drive, that the one that Metcalf you know, grabs by his leg, it was almost an interception by Bradbury. Yes. He's in perfect position. On the, on the next one that we're, we're Locke on a third and 10 and Locke drops it in, Bradbury's in great position. The safety's coming over the top. It's a great ball by Locke. It's an even better catch by Metcalf. And then obviously Bradbury getting burned on the one-on-one for the final touchdown. Pretty decent coverage. But I think what you're seeing is the margin of error for this team is nil. And so they have to figure out what puts them in a situation to find ways to win. The run game, like inopportune mistakes, like Kelsey getting a penalty on, the, on, the, on a third in inches. They move the ball back. They have to settle for a field goal. That's a four-point swing. All these things are adding up for the Eagles right now. And I think – Teams show how concerned they are, and Sirianni showed you how concerned he was by making a change to move to Patricia this late in the season. Well, Obviously, he understood the defense isn't getting it done. It didn't change last night. They played better till the end. But listen, 17 points in the second half. That's a lot of points. Like when you look at – and Shana, you and I know this, man – when you're in games, you're not expecting teams to press the gas in the second half, right? Like, you, you've kind of figured it out. You're going to try to limit. It's going to be much more of a time of possession and how many possessions you're going to get. You're not expecting the, the Seahawks with Drew Locke to, throw seven, to get 17 points in the second half, especially a game-winning drive at the end. Well, They're listen, concerned. For you and Shannon, for the purposes of you and Shannon, Shannon, before I give it back to you, let's look at the Eagles' defensive ranking since week eight. Since week eight, yeah. okay? 28.6 points per game, second worst in the NFL to the Washington Commanders. Wow. 409.4 yards allowed per game, which is dead last in the NFL. 53% opponents third down conversions. That's dead last That's in the insane. National Football League. 72% opponents red zone efficiency. That's 30th in the NFL. And they've allowed 30 TD passes to just six picks, mm. which is second worst in the NFL. Only the Washington Commanders are worse. Well, this is the reigning NFC champions that we're talking about with those defensive What was stats. their third down? 50-something percent? Third down convergence, 53 percent. You lose, so third you down lose, you lose a lot of games like that, won't you, Saturday? Whoa. Right. Yeah. Listen, when you're, when you're setting goals in the NFL, like 40 percent yeah. is insane. So you giving that number good. Go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Shannon. Stephen A., you sure. said what you learned last night is that they couldn't beat 49ers. It took you last night before you realized <laughs> no. that? No, I was just saying that. Listen, I was holding out hope. I was holding out hope. I make a dream. I make a hope. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sitting there Lincoln Financial Field. It's right, it's right down the road on 995. I'm thinking, yo, they got a shot. No more. I don't feel yeah. that way. 
Jalen Hurts has 17 turnovers. One second, Shane. 17 turnovers this season. It's tied for most in the NFL. Shannon, here's what I want to know from you, though. We heard Jalen say that I don't think we're committed enough, referring to his team. What were your thoughts on those comments from him? I was surprised that he said that because you won 10 games. Were you not committed when you won those 10 games? Or just now all of a sudden you start to lose, you're questioning the commitment of your team. Now, when you turn the ball over, you have double the amount of picks, double the amount of fumbles that you had last year. Mm -hmm. So you're turning it over at double the rate, and your defense can't take it away at the same rate. The defense can't get to the quarterback at the same rate. The defense can't stymie the pass at the same rate. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Because now you're doing what you didn't do. The defense is doing what they can't do. It's a recipe for disaster. So I'm not surprised by him seeing this. I saw signs of this even when they were winning and nobody wanted to hear me out. Now guess what, Stephen A. and Saturday? I have the Eagles fans' undivided attention. There ain't no more question of what I said now right, because right. it's right before your eyes. Jalen Hurts is questioning. He's like, uh, when you do the thing, the same thing in a win. Well, they're, gutty, they're a gritty team. They're finding ways to win. Okay, find ways to win when you turn it over at the rate that you're turning it over and your defense can't help you out by giving you the ball back. See if you can still win that way. Until they find a way to consistently run the football and their defense get back to what they once were, they have got to take the football away. I've always had questions about that back end. And Saturday, you, uh, uh, Saturday, you said that was a great throw by Drew Locke. My question to you, why is the hell DK Metcalf behind you? Yeah. Nothing cheap, nothing deep. A field right. goal does you no good. The only way you lose this ball game, if they get that ball in the end zone, you mean to tell me you're going to let that man get behind you? And, and one more thing before I let turn it over to you guys. Matt Patricia, why the hell you call that defense? You know good and well the only way they can beat you is if they get behind you. And you put them in single high Well, I have an answer to that. I have an answer for that because he's Matt Patricia. That's what. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, the, the Matt Patricia that once coached in New England, he's been contaminated since he went to Detroit. He never recovered from the head coaching debacle that he put forth there. But my point to you is this. At the end of the day, you're looking at it from the standpoint that Jalen Hurts, why are you saying something now? I think because he recognizes how desperate it is now, fellas. Agreed. I think that's what that is, Shannon. Okay, yeah, sure. You know what? You know what? Don't accept anything in, in a win that you wouldn't you wouldn't, that you wouldn't accept in a loss. I got that, and I and I hear you loud and clear. But that doesn't mean it's something that he hasn't articulated. I think that he finally felt the need to be public with it because he might have tried everything else. That's what I deduced from Jalen Hurts okay. choosing to come out yeah. last night. You lose your third straight. Dallas just got blown out, just got the just got blown out of Western New York on Sunday afternoon. You got the NFC East lead. You know you need home field advantage, and you're gonna lose your third in a row when you got a fourth quarter lead, get shut out in the fourth quarter, get outscored 10-0. Mm. That's a, that's a, against a Seattle team that's playing a backup in Drew and Drew Lockett. Yeah. We're sitting there at Lisa Salter's excellent interview post-game, and he's all emotional, which I don't blame him because obviously no. he hadn't played in over a thousand days. We recognize what he was going through good for him but you're the reigning NFC champions and you lost to a backup quarterback on Monday night football with a division lead on the line that's cause for pause Shannon and that's cause for you to speak up and say yo we're not on the same page something wrong with something yeah. wrong here yeah 
I, I couldn't agree more with you there. I, I think this was a – I think this was – you know, when, when you hear coaches talk to their locker room or talk to their fans, or this was him talking to his locker room. I, I, I think this was a Jalen – because he, he backed it up. Like, they went to another question. It was a real long answer. But he backed it up with, we got to figure this thing out. And, again, I, I, I tend to agree with him. At some point, it does go back to players. And you and I both know, Shay, listen – Sometimes you get calls that you don't like, but you and I both know situational football. Make sure you're not creating a situation to keep this team in it, and that's what they keep doing. And that's the part that I'm probably surprised, because I will say this. They, 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 they have gotten some wins, like you said, that are kind of ugly wins, but they've beaten some good teams. And yeah. so you, you're trying to hold on to, hey, we got 10 wins. We have beat some good teams. We played really poorly these last three weeks. He's trying to give them a shot in the arm to get guys to wake up to realize, hey, we ain't long for this. We keep playing like this. This will be an early exit come playoff time. I don't know if he's done this, guys, but I remember there were times that we were winning ball games, and I would go back and look at the tape, and I would see things that would cause me for concern. And that's when I would talk to Rod. That's when I would talk to Ed. I would talk to the offensive yeah. the guys, and I said, look, we're skating on thin ice. These things will get us beat if we don't clean these things up. And you know it's a single elimination. I get during the regular season, we're on to the next. But come postseason time, there is no tomorrow. Tomorrow right. is that you're getting a hefty bag and you're cleaning out your locker and you're saying how disappointed and unfulfilled you are because you didn't meet those expectations. That's why I, I harp on it. And people say, Shetty, you nitpicking. But I'm telling you, the finality of an NFL season, Stephen A., you know this is not like basketball where you get four chances to beat somebody in football and this is why the fans love it because my team actually has a chance to beat somebody on a given Sunday or a given Saturday so what you do when you start to see things you try to correct it immediately and you don't wait until you lose before you say well the commitment you see things you see guys uh, dragging around and coming in a minute late for meetings bro we can't have that nope. we have guys that's late to practice oh no bro we're not going to do that we're going to be accountable. We're going to be before it gets out of hand. I'm not trying to lose. I'm trying to correct this before it gets to – before we lose. Not to say losses are not going to happen, but I need to know if there are things that I can do to prevent it, I try to prevent it. With, with that being said, Jeff, what is fixable here? I think they have to find a way to get A.J. Brown more touches. I think when you look at when they were, when they were really humming offensively, I think he had six games in a row with like a buck 25. I don't think he's yes. had over yeah. 100 since, since that, that, that sixth game. That's an issue, right? Like, like the, 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 the interception to Watkins, I get, I get the thought nah, process. If that's 211, hey, make that yes. right. That's a 50-50 ball. But you got to find you. a way to get that dude the ball more often. Whatever you have to do by creation, by motion, by whatever that looks like, at some point, this game becomes about players, not plays. And as you get to the latter part of the, seat, part of the season, they have to do it. From a defensive perspective, I don't think they get significantly better. I think they, they tighten games up. But they got to run the rock, and they got to get the ball to Brown Do they have any shot in these playoffs. Well, you say yep. that, and I don't necessarily disagree with y'all guys, but I'm just like, listen, I got news for you. This cat, DeAndre Swift, he's averaging 4.6 yards to carry. Yeah. 
How about getting him the ball more? Yeah. Yes. I mean, when you yes. look when you, when you look at what running the football effectively has done for numerous teams, as phenomenal as Tyreek Hill is, look at what Miami looks like when Mostert is running the football yeah, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Look at what we're talking about in San Francisco because Christian McCaffrey is running the football. Look at it from that perspective. Look at what Buffalo did to Dallas because of their ability to run the football. Arizona, what they did to Dallas because of their ability to run yeah. the football earlier this season. Look at it from that perspective. When you're running the football effectively, it takes a lot of that pressure, not just off your quarterback. It also takes the pressure off your defense because right. you're milking the clock. Yep. You're keeping your mm-hmm. defense off the field. You're that's, doing things. You got to run the football. Stephen A., that's why they need to run the football to keep that sorry-ass defense off the field. When you're giving up 400-plus yards passing and you're giving up the third-down conversion rate and you're giving up damn near 75% in the red zone, what do you think is going to happen? Because when team gets the ball into the red zone, three out of four times they're getting it in the end zone. They're throwing for 400 yards. And I told you, when I saw Sam Howell throw for 400 and four touchdowns, I said, man, that's not a good defense. I don't care what they say. I don't care how many all-pros and pro bowlers and decades players you got back there, when you give up 400 yards to that guy, and then Dak followed it up, and everybody else followed it up lighting you up like a Christmas tree, nah, that's not a good team. So you're absolutely right. And maybe that's maybe that's the commitment that Jalen Hurst is talking about. We need to get back to running the football. And now the play action is going to be there. Sadly, yeah. you said something very interesting. On that first interception, why the hell am I giving my, my third or fourth receiver an opportunity yeah. at a 50-50 ball? If For that's real. A.J. Brown, if that's Devontae Smith, I got no problem with that. That's but right. I'm not giving a 50-50 ball to a, a. third Brown. or fourth receiver no. on first down. Oh, absolutely a- not. A.J. A. Brown is under 100 yards five of the last six games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Seahawks have had their number. They're 0-8 yeah. against the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Give but them credit. Though, give, Seahawks yeah. Played. give the Seahawks credit now. They played, Stephen A., Jeff, they played really well last Amen. night. They gave themselves a chance to win the ball game late. They held them out of the end zone, and Drew Locke made plays down the stretch That's that they right. won the game. Give them credit because okay. they found a way to win this ball game. But the Eagles, woo. Before we roll, I want to get into this because obviously with Philly's loss, with the Cowboys' loss, yeah. Where are you on who's going to win the NFC East now? I'm still with Philadelphia. And the reason I'm still with Philadelphia is by default, it's strict the schedule. Yeah. You know, Miami, uh, Dallas got a couple of tough games against yeah. Miami and Detroit coming down the fight. Yes. I think they're going to lose one of those games. Philadelphia's got two games against the Giants, for crying out loud. They should be able to win this game, all yeah. right? And so when I look at it from that perspective, they'll win the division by default. I think desperate times call for desperate measures. They know they've got to win out. They understand what's at stake. That's where they are. And I think they'll get it done. But it's strictly because of their strength of schedule. If they were playing against better quality teams, that would be different. But they ain't going to lose to Danny DeVito. I mean Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Where are you? I'm going, I'm going Eagles as well. And I think for the same reason. This is going to be my favorite part, though, because you, you know Steve A. He and the Cowboys fans, they're going to be on that troll for the – all the Cowboys fans are going to be holding their hand up. Like Dominique Foxworth that I said today out this morning on, on – he got like this right here. A lot of Cowboys fans out there in Texas with that DeVito cheer going right now. <laughs> You can't yeah. refuse. I, Shannon, I, I where are you? Make, are you still Philly? I, I might as well make it a clean sweep. I believe okay. I believe the Eagles will still win this division because of the strength of schedule and the mm-hmm. teams that they have. Although the Giants isn't a division opponent, and Saturday you know division yeah. opponents, man. Yeah. Them yeah. jokers don't go quietly oh. tonight. Not and you, wow. when you and I play, if I'm not going to the playoffs, I'm trying to keep everybody else that's on my schedule to have the potential. I'm trying to keep their ass home too. Hold up. Shannon Sharp, did you just say something nice about the New York football Giants? I think you did. 
I think you did. I think you said there's a chance. You know what that's the other thing that's me. important to mention? What? what? That last game of the season with, with Jalen Hurts hobbled throughout this year, working through injuries last night, the sickness as well. Yeah. You got to play that last game of the season. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So you could you could have caught yourself a break. You could have handled your business. No and doubt. And walked into the last game. Might have taken that last week off. You can't do that now. No. Yeah. Can't do that now. They put themselves in a hole. Philly put themselves yeah. in a hole. Underdogs yeah. have won seven straight on Monday Night Football. It's keeping it exciting here at ESPN. You, you, like, know, nice. you never know what you're going to get, right? <laughs> First Take fans, listen up. Have you heard you can listen to episodes of this very show ad-free on Amazon Music included with your Prime membership? That's right. All your favorite First Take episodes can be heard on Amazon Music ad-free. But that's not all. You can listen to other top podcasts like The Low Post and PTI ad-free as well. They also have favorite shows like The Daily, Part of My Take, and Up First, all without ads. You know what this means. Uninterrupted listening, so no more cliffhangers. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts, so we know they definitely have something for you. And it's already included in your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash first take. That's Amazon.com slash first take to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Pittsburgh Steelers safety DeMonte Casey has been suspended without pay for the remainder of the regular season and any potential postseason games for repeated violations of rules intended to protect the health and safety of players. The NFL announced on Monday in the second quarter of Pittsburgh's Week 15 road loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Casey launched himself at the head of Michael Pittman Jr., who was diving to try to make the catch. Casey was then ejected from Saturday's game after that play. So retired quarterback Tom Brady reacted to the suspension in a comment saying nobody likes seeing players hurt but hard hits happen QB should not be throwing the ball in areas where they're exposing their own teammates to these types of hits coaches need to coach better quarterbacks need to read coverages and throw the ball to the right places and defenders should aim for the right hitting areas to put the blame on the defensive player all the time is just flat out wrong need better QB play it's not okay quarterbacks to get your wide 
wide receivers hit because of your bad decisions? <laughs> Stephen A, do you agree with the suspension? I don't agree with the suspension. I don't for the rest of the season. I, I mean, damn, I, I, that that's a hard one right there. You know, a game. Maybe two, but the whole season, I know the season's almost over. Please don't get me wrong. But when we say the rest of the season, we know what that connotates. You understand what I'm saying? The significance of those words, and I just have a problem with that. Tom Brady came on my show, the Stephen A. Smith Show, weeks ago, and he was talking about how the very, very same things. And he knows what he's talking about. Obviously, he's a seven-time champion, played in the league for 20 years, the greatest quarterback that ever played this game. We all get that, and he knows exactly what the hell he's talking about. Um, but, but in the same breath, I look at it and I and listen. When I saw because uh, you know when he did what he did, fellas, I saw the shoulder pad. I, it wasn't like his helmet. It's like it wasn't like he right. launched his helmet into it. He launched his shoulder into it. The ball was good. The guy was diving for. He was going low. He was trying to create a miss. Um, because he has a history, there is a track record that yeah. obviously has to come into play, which is why I'm down for the suspension. You've been warned on numerous occasions. You know what? You've got to exercise caution. He did not. We understand it. I thought that the NFL explained the rules. Uh, John Runyon, if I remember correctly, explained it, why the suspension took place. But I still thought it was extreme, guys, in my opinion. But, again, you guys played, you know, and coached so you would know better than me. I just get the feeling. Again, I don't have a problem with a suspension. The rest of the season, yeah, that seems a bit extreme. I I'm with you, Stephen A. Garner mentioned you got to give him a better ball because Michael Pittman Jr. is, go Pittman Jr. is going to do everything he can to catch the football. That's what he's in the game for is to make tough catches. And so when I'm looking at it, Kazee, uh, Casey has he had four priors till till uh, um, before this game on Saturday. So I am not surprised that he got suspended. I would have thought maybe at least a game. But for the entirety of the regular season, and if they make the playoff possible, a playoff, yeah, I thought that was a bit much, even though he does have a prior history of these type of hits. I think he has uh, unsportsmanlike conduct, impermissible use of the helmet, hit to the defensive receiver, impermissible use of helmet, hit to the defensive receiver. Maybe a game, but I agree with Tom. Guys need to give their, give their uh, wide receiver a better ball because the receiver, no matter where you throw it, he's going to try to catch it Saturday. That's his job yeah. because the one thing you don't, oh, you scared, oh, you got alligator arm because we've seen guys go across the middle and give a half-hearted effort Make business and the guy, decisions. the ball gets intercepted. Make business decisions. It, We've seen. You're right. And then everybody's talking about, well, he's scared. Nah, did you see what just happened to uh, Michael Pittman Jr.? Have you seen what happened to some of the other guys? When I make a full-hearted attempt, I get carried off the field, and the quarterback just comes over and pats me on the head and says, my bad. Nah, bro. Ain't no my bad. Give me a better ball than that. Yeah. But I understand under duress things happen. But I was surprised that he got the, the remainder of the season for, this uh, for a suspension. So I'm, I'm going to take this from two different perspectives. One, as I completely understand what you're saying about, um, you know, this particular play or what Pittman is trying to do, all of those things, I completely understand that part. However, the, the, the amount of times this guy has been shown leniency and been shown the ability to continue to play at some point, 
enough is enough, right? Like when you just listed out how many, what is it, five violations this year? It's not yep. just this year. Everywhere he's been, he's had some of these issues throughout the season. So from the league's perspective, it's we're going to try to teach him, we're going to try to teach him, and then at some point, the guy just does it to himself. And I will tell you, on that play in particular, there is listen, the game has changed. There is no more we're going to separate the man from the ball, from the ball. on a defenseless receiver. <laughs> had, he, had he went and dove for the ball or went and tried to make an interception, whether it's your shoulder, your head, it makes no difference anymore. If the guy is laid out to make the play, you can't contact him in the upper body, right? Then you run over, you either touch him because you didn't get there, but he lined it up. Like, make no mistake, you go back and watch that thing in slow-mo. He lined up that shot and took his shot and, and let it be had. I do agree with the suspension. Now, part of why I agree with the suspension is I know the player is going to go back with the union and is going to apply for some kind of reduced something. So from the league's perspective, they're probably trying to give a significant amount. So if they do relent, they relent back to something reasonable. Okay. But as far as where he is, he fully deserved to be kicked out of that game. He fully deserves the suspensions because, again, you get to a certain point where – as a player, I'm all about live action, man. Like, like I, I, we ain't running away from it. Like, we understand we play a game that has the potential to be very dangerous and very violent. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. But, but we, we also understand that every player who lines up wants to go home and be with their family after this game is over. And so if you are limiting multiple people's opportunity to do that because you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and you've had suspensions or, or had fines reduced or whatever the league is doing to you, man, at some point enough is enough. And, well, and so I right. think that's where, to me, it's, it is probably um, well, a, I, fair, a fair deal because it is, man. Five in a year? Like, dang, bro. Yeah, I, I will say this. You make a very compelling case. I can't refute it, especially when we see the video of his previous acts. Yes. Like you, yes. Like, like Shannon pointed out, there's evidence there you're a repeat offender. That's right. And right. practically every one of those videos shows him launching the crown of his helmet. That's right. right. But that's not what happened on this particular play. Right. And I get your point. Yeah. I get your point in terms of he still launched. Yeah. And we saw you, you he timed it. And you, yeah. you saw what you saw. And he did launch. He launched with the shoulder this time, right. not the helmet. I guess what I'm I'm bringing that up to ask a question because this is moments like this where I can't stand when people who didn't play football want to tell y'all what's right. No, y'all tell me, okay? You tell me. I'm supposed to learn from y'all. What I'm asking is this, to see the difference between the launching of the helmet, Jeff, and Shannon, to now launching the shoulder. Does that make any kind of difference? No, because, because the crown of your helmet is one minute, is one play. Launching of the shoulder is another. I don't know the answer to no. that question. Could y'all answer it for me? It makes no difference in the eyes of the league because you still okay. hit him in the same area. Whether right. you hit him no. with your shoulder or your helmet, you hit him into the neck or the shoulder area, and he's defenseless. They're That's saying right. because he's extended, he cannot protect himself. And so the, from what Roger Goodell told Kareem Jackson, the way Kareem Jackson explained it to me, he says that the defender, once the receiver is in a defenseless, a defenseless position, if the onus is on the defender to protect the offensive player. So once he saw him extended, like Saturday said, basically let him catch the football and touch him down. Because if you hit that man in his neck and shoulder area, they're going to throw the flag. They're probably going to uh, uh, throw you out of the game because Pittman is laying on the ground. That's so right. now 
It's a situation you're going. And when you look at his history, his priors, I mean, he had two in one game on the, the 3rd of November. He yeah. got the hit to a defensive receiver and impermissible use of the helmet. So he got two in one game. He's got one every month of the season. He got, he got one in October. <laughs> he got one in November. I mean, September, right. October, November, and now he's got one hey, in December. Hey, hey Shannon. Shannon, yes. Jeff, an uh, interesting stat both of y'all would know before you chime in here, Jeff. 51% of these type of def- – I just got I just got um, uh, tipped off by, by somebody in the league office. 51% of these types of penalties are made by 6% of the players. That's right. Which are all repeat offenders. Yes. Yes. So, just thought y'all wanted Yeah. To, listen, it's, it, it, and listen, it, it, what I'm telling you is the same thing with, with Jackson and the same with – is that when – from, from the league's perspective, at some point, you have to legislate guys who are doing this repeated and, and go on because you're, you are taking guys' ability to make a living off the field. Because when Pittman does lay out, he is expecting to be, get, be given that because the game has changed. It's no longer it separate the man from the ball. Nope. Had he made a break to go intercept the ball, it's a completely different conversation. There wasn't no interception, bro. He was going to separate the ball and the man, right? Old school right. ball. And again, love it, hate it, but the rule says you can no longer do those things. And if you continue to break the rule – I mean, listen, every month of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, listen, this isn't just a, they send you a letter. They get you on a call. Do you understand why we're putting this together? Do you understand why you're being punished for this? They get who on a call? They, they, they get the player. And okay. they'll say, okay, hey, do you understand why this is happening? Do you understand how you could do this differently? This isn't like they try to educate guys. And, and listen, man, some dudes just don't, Sa- they don't change. They want to Sa- donate cash. Saturday, when you and I played, football wasn't a contact sport. It was a collision sport. That's right. That's contact. There are no longer collisions. We had the mindset, Stephen A., football was like nuclear warfare. There were no winners. There were only survivors. That's right. The NFL, the NFL want winners now. There's That's no right. longer you survive the game. You won during the game by being able to walk off the field. Now, yep. the NFL is going to legis- have legislated a lot of the physicality, a lot of the intimidation factor out of the game. That's no more. And very important point to bring up before we go to break. There's a reason the NFL did that for the players and the audience out there that yeah. wants to complain. Amen. You had the league being sued so, yeah. because you yeah. had people bringing up safety issues. Absolutely okay? right. So guess what? To preserve the league mm-hmm. in its future, they they implemented these rules and regulations. It's a better yeah. league. It's a better it's league a because better of league it. Because I'm just saying it's better. It's a better league for our right. guys because at the end of the day, when we're all done and we're all 45 years old, yep. we want to be vertical and we want to be productive in the community. We don't want to be how we used to be years. And just, and just see some Absolutely. of these old players, these old-time players, some of them can barely walk. Amen. And don't forget all the CTE. Yes. Absolutely. And the, and Absolutely. the concerns. Right. We, are better, we are better for the rules, for sure. We are, but I want 2,000 receiving yards added to my stats. Because had I played, <laughs> no doubt. I definitely would have won. You and Smith both, bro. Oh I tip my cap to you. Y- right. Hey, y'all took some That's shots right. now. Hey, listen, okay. I, ain't, I ain't trying to mix words. Y'all took some different shots now. Ain't no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Suspension will cost KZ roughly $200,000 contract. Mm. All right. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one... 
The majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Good day. Welcome back to First Take. Coming to you live from the seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Some say the West is the best coast, but the East Coast is the Beast Coast. That's what I say, Stephen A. And that's what the Knicks proved last night. Stephen A., your Knicks taking down Shannon's Lakers 114-109. How about Julius Randle, 27-14. Jalen Brunson adding 29. Okay, uh, Shay Shay, have the Lakers' struggles justified skepticism about that in-season tournament? No, I don't think so. I think they're just struggling because they're not playing well. I mean, they got crushed on the offensive glad. Hartenstein had 17 rebounds. Julius Randle had a monster day. Jalen Brunson's going to do what he did. You see, quickly comes in and he does have an outstanding game. LeBron James was had a triple double, 25 points, but he was extremely inefficient in getting that. Anthony Davis was his monster self, and you had Austin Reeves played extremely well. But when I look at Torian Prince, 3 of 13. I look at Cam Reddish, 2 of 9. I look at D'Lo, 3 of 10. You're talking mm-hmm. about 8 of 32. I don't know if you're going to get very many wins when your core players, the guys that you're counting on, score like that. I don't believe this this uh, skid they've been on, mm-hmm. I don't believe it has anything to do with the end-season tournament. Like Stephen mm-hmm. A. told me, it's early. It's early. And the season is fluid. Fluid. So with that being said, that being said, I'm not worried. I understand they embark on a road trip over the next three games, and yeah. then they come home. I, I think the day before Christmas or on Christmas Day against the Celtics. I'm not worried about it. They'll fix this. But the end season tournament, I thought it went great. The Lakers won. We hung the banner and go uh-huh. hang another banner at the uh-huh. end of the year. Now right. run till that. All right, run till that. All right, Martin Lawrence. All right, all right. You can try that if you want to. Uh, let me pull. Let me pull my Shannon imitation right there. Oh, come, come on now. I mean, listen. I mean, for those of you who don't know, I mean, not only is Shannon Sharp great. He also has a great team. You understand what I'm saying? I know Ashley and Jordan and the crew. I know you got your stats. I know you got your stats. So it's real convenient for me how you left out the stat that since winning the cup, 
The Lakers have been outscored by 15 points per game with LeBron James on the floor. I know you know that stat. You left it yeah. out, didn't you? You yeah. left it out, didn't you? Yeah, you, you mentioned all of those stats, Shannon. You mentioned all of those stats, Shannon. You didn't mention what? that last. What? You didn't mention why that. Why? Why am I going to present evidence that's going to get my client convicted? <laughs> why would I ever do that? That's your job. That's your client. That's your client now. Let me tell y'all something right now. Let me get. Let me. Let, in all seriousness, Shannon, let me tell you what the, what the issue is, and it's from me hanging out with my man Mike Wilbon, the, the the Godfather. You know, Mike Wilbon was skeptical about the end season tournament because one of the things he was lamenting is that. What the hell do you need that extra $500,000 in cash to prioritize what the hell you're going to do and what you're supposed to be doing? We'll see what these guys look like, all of them, he was saying, once the in-season tournament ends. Now we're looking at the Lakers. In-season tournament ends. You've lost three of the last four games. Nine and 12 in non-tournament games this season. It was nice to see AD because, by the way, Anthony Davis has been balling. Let's give love he with outstanding. Him. He's been he's been outstanding. He's been, but we all know he could be outstanding when he's on the court. Correct. We know he can do what he wants to do. It's just yeah. a matter of him wanting to do it on a consistent basis. But we know how great Anthony Davis is, and LeBron right. James with the triple double. We can't listen. He's he's giving what he's got. He ain't cheating you. Rest of the team shoots thirty three percent last night while he him and Anthony Davis shoot fifty three percent. I get all of that. But when you're 9-12 and 12 in non-tournament games and you were undefeated in in-tournament games and the difference is $500,000 extra in cash for every player and the coaches, okay, that does rub people the wrong way from the standpoint, wait a minute, treat all the damn games like this. Come on now. And, and I'm not saying in a literal sense. I'm certainly not accusing the Lakers of damn losing on purpose or not caring. But what I'm trying to say in the level of focus and the priority placed on those in-season tournament games, why are we not seeing that in non-in-season tournament games, Shannon? That is a legitimate question. I, that is, is a legitimate it, question. And you remember, you remember I told you, I said, Stephen A., I believe they're placing a little bit more emphasis on the in-tournament games because they want to win this. That's right. Because it's like, hey, the NBA thought, well, thought enough of it to put it in. Hey, right. if we in it, let's win it. I don't believe if you look at the way they played. Now they did beat San Antonio. I think one of the wins that they got was San Antonio. Once and they, they got lost back. one to San Antonio too. And, and, they and they it, won the game Anthony Davis played and lost played, the game LeBron lost, played. LeBron came back. Right. But if you look at it, I don't think they played well enough to win. And that's the thing that concerns what, what I dislike about the Lakers the most. They like to fall behind and then like put one of these frantic comebacks and say you well you know we got if we just play a little bit. No no. How about from the jump, come out there and play with the intensity that is needed in order to get a win? But I'm not overly concerned, Stephen A. Uh -huh. I think the thing is, is that, look, we'll learn a lot more about this uh, basketball team mm -hmm. as they go on the road. Because it doesn't get any easier. Well, let me we say this real quick. The Bulls just beat the, beat the Sixers last night. Right. Well, let me, let me just say this real quick before Molly chimes in, Shannon Shaw. You know, L.A. is the biggest threat. It's arguably the biggest threat to the yeah. reigning defending champion, Denver Nuggets. I'm just not sure it's the Lakers team in L.A. That's the biggest Oh, threat. now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you don't jump on the Clippers. I'm just not saying. I'm just, I'm just saying, man. I don't know, Shannon. I don't know. I, I don't know. I did, I did see T. Lou the other day at a restaurant and had a great conversation with him. Right. And he said, you know what, hey, we're, we're starting to figure it out. We're going we're gonna to be even better. That's right. But, I mean, when you play, when you play Indiana – 
Who that look good against Indiana with ain't no defense playing tail? That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and by the way, that by the way, I, I know what restaurant you saw him at, but I'm not gonna mention that because we we keep that low key. We keep okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But I know, that. The, but I know the spot. I go there all the time. I go there all the time. Speaking of your theory with the in-season right, tournament, right. obviously they played the Pacers. Right. The Pacers four straight losses, one and four since the in-season. There we go. So I don't there know. We if go. Everybody got hyped up about it, and then what the deal is? But yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Pacers come crashing down to earth. Gotta play okay. defense. All right, more NBA to get into. Exactly. I play defense. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.